0: Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex students and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. We're going to play another game. It's it's a mini-game, but it's happening. We're going to play a game called This or That. And what's going to happen is there's going to be two things on the screen, and you are going to tell me which one of those things is your favorite, and I'm going to tell you if you are right or not, okay? This or That is the name of the game. Here is how it works. Um, hopefully, my clicker works. Snickers or Butterfinger? Just tell me. Yell it out. Snickers. Butterfinger. Snickers. That is correct. Snickers is correct. Great job. All right. iPhone or Android? iPhone. That is correct. Great job, everyone. Okay. It's only going to get more difficult from here on. Summer or winter? Winter is correct. <laughs> Yikes, guys. Yikes. All right, how about Steelers or Go Birds? Steelers is correct. There's a couple of you. <laughs> Minecraft or Roblox? Minecraft is correct. Is there a ghost working the computer? Okay, all right. Next question is. Netflix or Spotify? Spotify. <laughs> Whoa, girl. <laughs> this, is, this is it. All right. In a strange turn of events in my life, Spotify is the correct answer. Because I was using Apple Podcasts until I had too many subscriptions and it broke my phone, but now I use Spotify for podcasts, so it has taken over Netflix in my life. All right. Instagram or Twitter? Zuckerberg or Evil Bird? Answer is Twitter. Twitter is the correct answer. Okay. Just a couple more. This one's tough. YouTube or TikTok? YouTube. Uh, I hear a lot of YouTubes with a very confident TikTok, and then a tickety tackety as well. TikTok is the correct answer. <laughs> Yikes, guys. All right. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? This was my. This is the most beautiful. I think. Starbucks is the right answer. I. I get sweet tea at Dunkin' Donuts. I guess that's, that's fine. They do have good donuts yeah, at good. Dunkin', formerly known as Dunkin' Donuts. All right. Should be an easy one. Good or evil? Good. 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 Great job. Great job. Okay. Okay. Love or hate? Love. Love. That is correct. All right. Peace or conflict? Peace. 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 Great. Joy or depression? Joy. Joy. Joy hope or despair? Hope. You guys caught on. Doesn't that seem that seems pretty obvious, right? There towards the end. Those ones are pretty obvious. Not a lot of division in the room on those. Um, I'll admit some people, you like to play games and that's fine. But most people, the average person, will, there's an overwhelming majority that's always going to say good, always going to say love, peace, joy by a landslide. And if we believe as church, as people who've chosen to spend our lives following Jesus, that good, that God is the ultimate source of good. God is the ultimate source of peace and love and joy. Why is the decision between God and not God, not also a landslide? Does that make sense? If, if we believe that God is joy, love, peace, why do so many people not choose to follow him? Why do so many people choose a life without him? I think that someone has let those people down. I think a lot of people would do that, would, would choose a life without God. And I think people have let those down. Um, people deserve to know that God is the ultimate source of good. And I think those people that don't make that choice, they've been let down. Um, and I, I have two answers that I think might answer the question why they wouldn't choose God. One is that they don't know God is good. And the second one is that they don't think God is good. They don't, know God is good or they don't believe God is good. I think that we have let people down in those those questions, those areas. Um, I think everybody deserves to know that. I think everybody deserves to know that God is good, joy, peace. And I think we have to continue to communicate that until they believe it. We have to continue to communicate that those things are true until we are blue in the face uh, because we have a job to do. You have seen these five symbols Uh, Around at Apex for several weeks, and you know, uh, uh, many times as well, um, before and after. Alive in five is uh, this is how we present the gospel. We've been in a series called Alive in five, where we're talking about it. These symbols lay out the story of Jesus. Right, each symbol corresponds to a phrase, and when you put all those together, you can talk about Jesus in an easy-to-remember way. That you can take these five symbols, and they're so easy. You could, I don't know, doodle them on a napkin. It's so easy anyone can do it. And, and we just remember these five symbols. I don't always remember the, the, the phrases word for word, but I can remember these five shapes in order. And basically from all those napkins I write it on. <laughs> I have done that, by the way, more than once I have used uh, drawn this on a napkin. But, but it's to help us remember the story of Jesus. And so that's what our series has been about. That's what the focus has been about throughout these past few weeks. I told you, I think I've told you every time I've been up here, I have two goals throughout this series. The first goal Is that um, I would help you that Alive and Five would help you understand the story of Jesus better because it did for me. It gave me a a better way to articulate the story of Jesus in an easy, succinct way. The second goal is that you would tell somebody about it. That you would understand the gospel better, and secondly, that you would tell somebody the story of Jesus because we have this new tool in our toolbox to tell people about the story of Jesus. Tonight, we focus exclusively on that second goal telling people. We're talking about how to share the story of Jesus with the people in your life that need to hear that story. The story of Jesus uh, from, you know, throughout history has been known as the good news. We call it the good news. Jesus's life and death for our sins and resurrection defeating the grave, grave, that story that's been called the gospel, the good news. And uh, if we really believe that 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 news is as good as we say it is, there's this age-old illustration like, why don't we live that way. Like there's this age old illustration where if you had the, the cure for cancer, you would not hide that cure. You would not keep that a secret for yourself. Uh, you know, spend a couple hours a week going over the cure to cancer and, and just curing your own cancer. You would tell everyone about it to save people from death. And we believe we have the cure for eternal death. We have the cure for the consequences of sin. So how about we live like that? How about we live like we have the cure to something that harms everyone? So we should drop that good news everywhere we go. Drop it, quite frankly, like it's hot. How did I know? <laughs> Jesus told his disciples to tell everybody. They walked with Jesus for three years and the whole time Jesus is like, okay, there's a time coming where I'm gonna die on a cross and then I'm gonna come back to life. And the disciples are like, interesting metaphor, Jesus. And Jesus was like, no, I'm actually gonna do that. And they're like, interesting metaphor, Jesus. And then he did that and they were like, I can't believe you did that. And then afterwards, he said, tell everybody about what I did. Tell everybody about how good I am. Tell everybody about how I healed the sick while I walked around, how I uh, delivered people from, from, I brought people back to life, and then I was killed and came back to life myself. Tell everybody about it tell everyone about it. Matthew uh, was a man who recorded the events of Jesus's life. Remember, there's four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew 28, 19, 20, he says this. Um, this is a quote from Jesus. Jesus said this, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. There's a little ellipses at the end. That means there's more coming. We'll finish this verse um, in a few minutes. But let's talk about that call. Therefore, anytime you read, uh, uh, one of my professors in Bible college said, every, every time you see the word therefore in Scripture, you have to ask, what's it there for? <laughs> Why is it there? Because it means something. In light of all these things, that, that's what that word means. In light of this, this. Therefore, be, therefore, so Jesus died, He came back to life, He's the, the, the promise keeper, He is the miracle worker. Therefore, go and do something. He gives this, this commission. You know what that word means, right? To commission someone to do something. We call this verse the great commission. Jesus' great commission to his followers. This is, he's talking to the people that were following him for those three years. And this is their next step. He says, this is what following me looks like after I leave. Okay, so if I told you I have a cute little black duck true story you would know that I have a duck and you would know that that duck is cute little and black actually when the light hits that duck's feathers it turns like green and blue and purple it's really amazing um you have to check out my duck sometime that's a true story either way you know that I have a cute little black duck those three words describe my duck, right? So Jesus says the same thing here in this phrase. I, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Jesus does the same thing here in this passage uh, with this sentence structure that we kind of lose it when we're reading it in English. Can I blow your mind for a second? Jesus did not speak English. Did you ever think about that? He doesn't speak English. Well, he probably does now, but he didn't at the time. He was walking around uh, and he probably through some miracle from the Holy Spirit. Could probably understand you if you spoke to him in English, but he wasn't speaking English as he walked around. He was speaking a language called Aramaic, probably. Um, you may have never thought about that, but that's true. Jesus did not speak English. He spoke Aramaic. And he spoke it in Aramaic. Matthew recorded it in Greek. So there's some language barriers we're working with here. But what we know about the way this sentence was recorded, the sentence structure is that Jesus wants you to know, he, what he wants us to do is make disciples. That is the point. Make disciples disciples. I have a duck and Jesus wants us to make disciples. Stick with me. I have a duck and Jesus wants us to make disciples. My duck is cute, little, and black. And Jesus is about to tell us three things about making disciples. Do you see where I'm going? (laughs) Does this work? Is this working? (laughs) The duck thing? Should I drop the duck thing? (laughs) Okay, great. My duck is cute, little, and black. Jesus is about to tell us three things about making disciples. He describes making disciples with three things, going, baptizing, and teaching. Three things. This is the same sentence structure as I say, I have a cute little black duck. Same sentence structure. It doesn't look that way in our English, but the way Jesus said it, the way it was recorded, is make disciples by going, baptizing, and teaching. I don't care if it didn't work. I'm going to use it over and over again. I think it's a good illustration. Let's break it down. First of all, going. What does he mean when he says, Go and make disciples. We sometimes, we like to let missionaries take care of this, right? We like to let our evangelist friends, like Pastor Greg, come, and he was here for three days, and he goes, and he tells people about Jesus, and they come to know Jesus, and we say, thank you, Pastor Greg, for doing what Jesus told me to do. But that's not how it works. (laughs) Jesus told his disciples, going is for everyone going is for everyone. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. Some of them would travel the world. Some of them would go all over the place and telling people about Jesus. Some of them would found a church, plant a church, and then pastor that church. They were still going in their own way. It's not just, going is not just for people traveling the world. Going is for everyone in some way or another. Going is for you. So that means living a lifestyle devoted to Jesus. Uh, It means making a decision to follow Jesus and letting that decision impact every part of your life. Going means my decision to follow Jesus impacts everything I do. When you're at home, it means you respect your parents. It means you speak to your uh, siblings with love and kindness perfectly. You never get it wrong, right guys? And uh, following Jesus going will impact your life Um, At school, it means you're a good friend to the people you spend your time with. It means you're doing your best academically. At work, it means you do a good job at your job. You do your best. It means your your coworkers are surprised that you aren't into their drama between coworkers. When you live that kind of life, when you live a life, I know that, that can be very surprising for some of us. When you live that kind of life, a lifestyle committed to Jesus, where your decision to follow Jesus has impacted every part of your life, it will look different. Your love for Jesus is going to spill out into every part of your life and, and every person you interact with. So when someone asks you, why don't you gossip about that person that hurt, that hurt you or said something behind your back? Why didn't you cheat on that assignment that everybody cheated on? Why do you seem to have joy even though a family member passed away or, or you're going through something difficult? Why do you still seem to have joy? you have an opportunity then to talk about how God has changed your life, how you have given your life to following Jesus, how the words of the Bible have guided your life, how God has spoken to you in your prayer time, um, how your church gives you love and support. You have these opportunities. When you live a life following Jesus in every aspect of your life, you have opportunities to talk about him in every aspect of your life. That's what going means. When you live that way, when your life reflects your decision to follow Jesus everywhere you go, go, you'll have an opportunity to tell people about God. There are some times while I'm speaking that I start to like come off of my notes too much. I, and there's a feeling. And when that feeling happens, I know I'm going to preach for like two hours. So strap in because I'm feeling it tonight. I promise I am going to preach for two hours. Okay. After going, he says the second thing, three things, right? Cute little duck going and then baptizing, baptizing. We don't see this as our job either, right? We, as in you, because we let the pastors take care of that. I have baptized some people, but in a way, baptism is for everyone. Let me show you how. When Jesus told his disciples to baptize people, he meant literally baptize them in water. He meant, uh, when I baptize people, I say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus showed us right here. But he's also meaning like a figurative baptism where we are baptizing people into the kingdom of God. Baptizing meant adding them to their faith community, adding them to the kingdom of God. So water baptism is about being dunked in water, but it represents something much more important. It it represents something bigger. It's not just about the water. Being baptized in water is an, we say it's an outward expression of an inward decision, right? An outward expression of an inward decision. We make the inward decision I'm going to follow Jesus with my life. So we do this outward expression, we are baptized in water. And we do that in a church service. We do that in public because it's a way for me to set to show it and celebrate it publicly. I am giving my life to Jesus. There is an old me that I'm leaving under the water. When I come out of this water, it's a new birth, it's a new me, it's a new everything. So we celebrate that as a family together. Because you in that moment when you give your life, when you choose to follow Jesus, you are being adopted by God into the family of God. If you have any siblings who have been adopted, um, or, you know, if you are familiar with that world at all, you might like know that this person is a part of my family. And then there's the day we go to the court and there's a day that the judge makes it official. We take pictures, we dress up, we all go as a family. There is, they are already a part of my family, right? That's what happens when you choose to to follow Jesus. You're a part of the family. And there's a day you go to court and then they sign the papers and then it's official by law. That's your baptism. Another illustration, is it working? (laughs) That is the day that we are officially celebrating this entrance into the family. That's what baptism is all about. So we celebrate that baptism together. So that means we at Apex, as a person that just goes to church, not the pastor, but you have a role in helping people be baptized. You have a role in baptizing people into the kingdom of God. We are all called to help people get connected. That's why we talk a lot about welcoming guests at Apex and helping them transition from guest to not guest anymore, just like a friend that comes here, family that comes here. We call it Apex, a family and a force. For that reason, we all have a role. It's part of our job, part of our calling to baptize people into the kingdom and family of God. Jesus tells us to make disciples. He says three things about uh, making disciples. He told us that we make disciples through our going, through our baptizing, and finally, through our teaching. We make disciples by teaching. This is another one I think we often leave up to our pastors and leaders. And yes, I do this almost every week. Andrew and Sam and Dave and Michaela and Doug and many other people in three minutes or something. Lots of, plenty of people have come up here and taught, preached in some way. Jesus is telling the disciples to help people grow in their decision to follow Jesus. They lived a life to show people what following Jesus is supposed to look like. He used people to teach people to follow Jesus for themselves. So we all teach people with our lives. And, and whether you're a leader or not, and you, just, you don't like to be looked at, you don't like to like be in front of people, I, I promise you that you are, someone is looking. I've had this conversation with a lot of students at Apex and people are watching you as a leader. You are a leader in your life. Um, Not everyone is called to like some sort of organizational leadership, making decisions for a group, but people are watching and they can learn from the way you live your life. So God uses us to teach people. When we are diligent in our 10 and 10, we talked about that last week, right? 10 minutes a day in prayer, 10 minutes a day studying the scripture in some way. When we are diligent in our 10 and 10, when we are, we are open to hearing God's voice, we can pass God's knowledge, God's teaching, we can pass that on to other people. And sometimes God will speak through us what he is trying to say to somebody around us. A little caveat. Sometimes, we might think we need to teach someone something, but instead we need to shut up and sit down, because really we're letting our pride talk, um, and that can be very difficult to tell the difference. Is this my pride trying to, you know, put myself over someone, or is this God trying to teach someone something through me? Very difficult. It can be difficult to tell the difference. This is my advice. Uh, learn the difference by hearing God's voice, by getting as close you can to God's voice, a diligent 10 and 10, surrounding yourself with people who can hear his voice, Uh, get as close to God as you can, then it helps you tell his voice from your own. Um, As I'm teaching, I try to put myself in your shoes. I try to think uh, from your mind, uh, your age, your your school, your life. And it helps me to know when, what are the things I need to go a little deeper on. It helps me to know where does what I'm teaching intersect with your life. I don't always do that perfectly. But it helps me communicate what I'm trying to communicate to you because you are you. And so I try to think like you. When I do this at this point, it feels like I'm putting a lot on you. <laughs> Some of you have only been coming to Apex for a few weeks and you want me to baptize people? <laughs> that can be a lot. That can be intimidating. What I want you to know is, is I acknowledge that. I hear that. And let me also make it clear. It's not just you. Um, I literally do the, the dunking of baptism sometimes and that freaks me out. Like that is a, a big weight that God has put on my shoulders. Um, this, all, all that God has called us to do to tell people about him, that is it it freaks me out sometimes. It's stressful. It, it's it's anxiety-inducing that I have this role that God has called me to, to do. Um, I've been following Jesus almost my whole life. I've been a professionally in ministry, um, which is not a phrase that I like, but I've been doing that for six years. And this is still difficult to me. It still freaks me out. There are people, other adults in this room that have been doing that, that have been following Jesus for as long or longer than I have that would probably say the same thing. And the people Jesus was talking to at the time were also kind of freaked out. <laughs> Especially because you know they haven't had their Holy Spirit baptism moment yet, what we talked about a little bit, they were freaked out. Now a long time ago, I told you that we would finish this verse, so let's do that right now. Um, when Jesus laid out his great commission, he he was talking to the people that spent that have made the decision to follow him with their lives. If you haven't noticed, I'm saying the word follow a lot, not just tonight, like recently. This word follow. What does it mean to follow Jesus? This is what he was telling them. He added one more reminder to this call, this great commission. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Be sure of this. I am with you always. He reminded his followers that as they go on this difficult journey that's going to freak you out, it's going to stress you out, it's going to give you anxiety, he said, I will be with you. He said he'd be with them. He said he would be with us. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us live for him, right? That last symbol of alive and five, the flame, the phrase is, God will help us, or the Holy Spirit will help us live for God. One of the ways we talked about how he would do that is he would give us power and boldness to be a witness for him, to share his good news, to share the story of Jesus. The Holy Spirit moved the early church from waiting and praying to preaching and dying for his message, dying. They were being murdered because they wouldn't shut up about him. He gave them boldness to share his story and he will do that for you. God has called us to be a witness to the people around us. That's part of our job as following him. The gospel is not supposed to end when you hear it. There's a next step. Alive and five is not supposed to end when you hear it. Let's talk about how to do that. There's some, here's some practical ways to put yourself in a position for opportunities to tell people about Jesus, um, to make disciples. Here's some, here's some things. First, help. Help the people around you by meeting physical needs. So, so a lot of times we just want to show up with our Bible and tell people how they're living wrong and fix them. Let me ask you to back up a step and, and that there's, a, there's a time for that. Sometimes that works. This is, this is a great place to start, especially for somebody who's nervous about it. Help somebody by meeting a physical need. When you meet people's physical needs, you have access to spiritual needs. This is why when we went to Philadelphia, we didn't just stand on screens, on, on, on street corners and scream about, we didn't just read the Bible into a microphone. We gave out food. More food than I've ever seen. (laughs) We gave out food. We were meeting people's physical needs to have access to their spiritual needs. We were able to give out food so that then we could pray with people, so that then they would know there's a church in their community that cares about them. Help people. Buy somebody's lunch. Help them with a work project. Maybe. I'm not paid to do this. Maybe. Help them at work with something that they're supposed to do. Give somebody a ride somewhere. Uh, be good to people. Just be good to people. Once you meet, when you meet people's physical needs, when you help people, you have access to meeting their spiritual needs. So then you ask. Ask a question. This is another place people get tripped up. They hand out food and they say, do you have a moment to talk about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And again, that can't. we want to talk about Jesus, period. But this is another way to earn the right to speak that into somebody's life. If you just start talking about Jesus, some people are just going to turn around because, because, because of a reason that you will never know if you don't ask. <laughs> Here's a great opportunity. Ask them what they believe about God. I, I have been really stressed to like bring up my faith to people, but it is much easier for me to ask someone what they believe about God. Hey, have you ever been to church? Have you ever thought about where all we all come from? Have <laughs> you ever thought about like, why we do this? Asking these, and I know that you're like, some of you are thinking, my friends don't care about this. I, it's, most people have at least given this a little bit of thought. And, and they can all answer the question, have you ever been to church? Because, you know, the worst experience they can have is saying no. <laughs> when you ask these questions, you are, again, you're earning the right to speak, to meet spiritual needs, to speak into people's life. Okay. So you help them meet a physical need to access spiritual needs. Then you ask a question, you're inviting their perspective and you're respectful of it. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that doesn't make sense to you. And he's like, I don't, I've never heard that before. That's very bizarre. Um, a lot of people make up their own spiritual rules. We have a Bible that guides our spiritual rules. A lot of people just make stuff up because they felt it, they experienced it, whatever. You don't need to be shocked because you believe some pretty crazy things too, or things that sound crazy at least. <laughs> so you ask some questions and then you get a chance to invite. You get a chance to invite them into what you believe spiritually and, to, and tell them the story of Jesus. Most times when you begin by asking those questions, they will ask you the question back. They'll tee it right up for you. And if they don't, it's not weird for you to then present your thoughts because you've already asked their thoughts and we're respectful of their thoughts you can then have the opportunity to share your story. Sharing Alive in Five is cool. Also telling your own story. How did Jesus make a difference in your own life? They say the average person needs to hear the story of Jesus 7.6 times. 7.6 times, that's an average, right? You can't really tell the story of Jesus 0.6 times. I don't know. You probably could. But an average of 7 points, somewhere between 7 and 8 times, you have, someone has to hear the story of Jesus before they accept it. That means I need to be okay with rejection. I need to be okay with telling someone what I believe about God and them saying, that doesn't make sense. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I need to be okay with that because that may have been number seven. Does that make sense? I may be telling them about Jesus for the seventh time. Guess what happens next time? Eight might be their magic number. Now that is an average. It means sometimes people will hear it for the first time and they'll say, yes, that makes perfect sense to me. And they'll follow Jesus for the rest of their lives but it also means some people need to hear it like a hundred (laughs) times. So you may be seven, you may be one, you may be a hundred. You have no idea where you are in someone's story, but that means we have to be okay with rejection. We have to be okay. uh, Embrace the awkward. (laughs) This is what I tell people a lot here. Like as we're introducing ourselves to guests and stuff, we are, we allow ourselves to be awkward. So they don't have to be, we have to be okay with rejection because the stakes are too high. Us being a little embarrassed for a second, is okay when the, the price of not doing that is our friend spending eternity without Jesus. It's spending eternity in hell. We have to be okay with being a little weird, feeling a little bit awkward because there's too much at stake. I think these three, these three ideas, which I actually got from Pastor Lee when he was here a few years ago talking about 11 and Five, these three, these three keys, remember them because they will help you anytime that you want to bring up the story of Jesus. These three steps can really help. Help, ask, invite. Jesus gave us um, the great commission to make disciples by going, going into the world, living a lifestyle that looks like you're following Jesus, baptizing people, helping them join the kingdom and family of God, and teaching them by, by letting God speak through you, learning his voice so he can speak through you and teach them. And we put ourselves in the position to do this, to live out the great commission by helping people meeting physical needs and then asking them what their spiritual beliefs are so that we can invite them, invite them to church, invite them into following Jesus, whatever that looks like in that situation. This is why Alive and Five is important so that we're prepared for that third step. We're prepared to invite people to follow Jesus. That's why we're taking so much time to learn, six weeks to learn Alive and Five, to understand the story of Jesus, first of all, but second of all, to share that story with somebody in our lives who needs to hear it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this night. Thank you for this word for Alive in Five as a tool. Thank you for the people that uh, created it. Thank you for your son. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and dying for us, that we have this story to tell, that you have redeemed our souls. You've paid the penalty for our sin so that we can spend eternity with you, eternal life with you and an abundant life here on earth. Thank you so much that we have access to that. Father, I pray that you would help uh, seal this in our minds, help us to understand your gospel better, help us to use Alive in Five as a tool to understand your word better, understand the story of your son better. and then that we would take that and and we wouldn't let it end with us hearing it, that we would take this message and help somebody and ask somebody what their spiritual beliefs are so that we can invite them into this story as well, so we can invite them, tell them your story, tell them how you impacted our lives and and give somebody the greatest gift, the greatest cure, the the thing that they really need even though if they don't know it or not, that we can invite them into a, a life following you, Father. Thank you that we get to do that, and that you use us to do that. We love you. We thank you. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus.